That is an abrupt intro ending. Welcome in. It's the John Cast Podcast, episode number 72, brought to you as always by my good friends at me and Julio. That is in Fitchburg. You should go check them out. I was there the other day. I, you know, I took a leap. I had two, two margaritas, um, which is a big deal over there at me and Julio because they're so delicious. Go check out the margaritas. They've got specials on Tuesdays and Thursdays. They've got wine Wednesday as well and monthly food specials. That's me and Julio. It's great for the entire family. Great food, great drinks, great everything. Also brought to you by Ian's Pizza with three locations in Madison and also three locations in Milwaukee. And Ian's Pizza is hiring delivery drivers right now, a guaranteed $20 per hour. Go check out Ian's Pizza and their website for more information if you're interested in that. And go, hey, if you haven't eaten at Ian's Pizza, I'm not sure what's wrong with you. Go check out Ian's Pizza. They've always got new variety of slices they're very unique for their pizza slices known for their unique pizza slices uh mac and cheese of course is a fan favorite and check out johncastpodcast.com go sign up for the newsletter a uh, rate and review or uh, wherever you get your podcast is also greatly appreciated okay my guest today is part of the ike packers podcast you might have come across the ike packers podcast or maybe you're a listener to this podcast He's one of the co-hosts of the show. KJ Eichstead joins me on the John Cast podcast. What's up, KJ? Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's great to be here. Packers about to do some special stuff this year. I can't wait to dive in. Let's get into it. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you taking some time to talk to me a little bit and preview this matchup against the Purple coming up on on uh, on Sunday. I will stay say from the start, just so you know, KJ, I was born and raised in Minnesota. I grew up a fan of the Vikings. Uh, I am now covering Wisconsin sports, so I just want that note. Are we okay to proceed with the interview? Oh, absolutely. You know, we got to get along with everybody out here. Um, yeah, you know, it's, it just makes it more fun, right? Yeah, I, I guess so. So how noticeable do you think the absence of Devontae Adams will be on Sunday for the Packers, and not only Sunday, but this entire season? You know, man, I think it's going to be huge, but I'm not terribly worried about it uh, mm-hmm. simply because – Rodgers had something called Devante dependency syndrome and not a lot of people will acknowledge that, but I think it's clear to anyone who watched the team come also close with just stacked squads year in and year out and just not achieve what they should be achieving in terms of getting that second Super Bowl, getting that third Super Bowl with a quarterback of Aaron Rodgers caliber. Frankly, you know, we've seen multiple Devante Adams come and go. And what I mean by that is Greg Jennings, second round pick turned into a stud. He came, he went. Jordy Nelson, second-round pick, turned into a stud. He came, he went. Devontae Adams, second-round pick, dropped a bunch of balls Couple first couple of years, turned into a superstar. He came, he went. And it's just like a repeatable process where the Packers have done really well in games where Devontae Adams hasn't been in there. Now, he can juke any corner in the league out of, it, out of their shoes. We've seen that with Jalen Ramsey. And so the respect level for Devontae Adams is – it remains high. You know, that never went anywhere – Uh, But really, you know, do I like the Packers chances of delivering a Super Bowl over the Raiders chances 10 times out of 10, 100 times out of 100 every day? Um, Devontae Adams, I also not in the business of wanting to pay a receiver 28 plus million a year. You know, I think that's bad uh, fiscal responsibility of any team. And I think that if you look at I forgot the uh, exact stat I had, but I was diving deep, deep, deep into this for the draft and like free agency. I think if you look at like the Super Bowl winners or whatever, um, it was something about their receivers or, or maybe like playoff teams or whatever. It's like their receivers were not the bit necessarily the biggest components of their teams. Like receivers are a very sexy position. You know, they're they're big in fantasy. They're big in just like 
making the TDs and, and looking cool while doing it. But really, I'm psyched about the defense, which I'm sure we'll get into more. But I think the Packers are going to have some growing pains. I demand that the receivers step up. I'm someone who and I think the Ike standard and, and a lot of Packers fans all around the country and all around the world are people who are, you know, we're not we're not in this for participation anymore. We're like we're not in this just to get in the playoffs. Like whatever you need to deliver as that first year, second year, third year receiver or just a receiver and pass catcher on this roster, meaning Aaron Jones, Tanyan, whoever. It's got to be good enough to get us in a Super Bowl. And it's yeah. got to be good enough to win. So it's like anything less, I mean, it's just a failure. Uh, it's Super yeah. Bowl or bust at this moment. Yeah, I, I love that um, That kind of look at things because that's what a lot of Packers fans do. It's like, hey, listen, I'm not here to make the playoffs and and watch you lose in the, in the first round or whatever. I'm here for the long term. I'm here for the big thing. Now, you mentioned, I think you bring up a good point, KJ, about just the variety of wide receivers that the Packers have been able to put in there and what's the common denominator? Well, it's, it's Aaron Rodgers making these, these guys into superstars. So if you had to pick a player then to lead the team in catches this season, it will be who with how many catches and will it be a wide receiver? You know, man, I'm torn between Aaron Jones and I think Alan Lazard. Um, I'm not a big Randall C believer. I think he's, he's very, very, very valuable for the intangibles he brings to the squad. I think he's extremely valuable in that regard. I just don't know how much he has left in the tank. But that being said, you cannot discount chemistry. I think that's one of the most underrated aspects of all of sports. I think it's something that data has yet to be able to accurately quantify. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really, you know, part of the reason why Brady just gets it done and done and done is because his ability to elevate team chemistry and just make guys perform better than what they're you know, talent levels might suggest is everything. So that being said, I'm not sleeping on Randall Cobb. I just don't expect it from him. Mm-hmm. I think Lazard's got the talent. Like he's not just another six one, six two guy. He's six five, and he's he's been with Rodgers for a few years now. So there could be some chemistry there. It's just like, you know, he's a little more of a quiet demeanor. So so I I could see him kind of just quietly working in the background, just like Devonte Adams, and then taking that leap from like fifty catches to hundred catches. Uh, but I think the guy I'd, I'd lean on is Aaron Jones simply because, I mean, Rodgers, you know, he's he's his best when he's taking shots deep. But I think that we're going to see a, a little more dink and dunk than in previous years simply because the lack of maybe familiarity with the receiving targets and just like the reliability of a speed back like Aaron Jones and the the emphasis on getting him touches with A.J. Dillon, in my opinion, projected to take up most of the carry. So I think it's going to be Aaron Jones or Alan Lazard, I'd go 60% uh, lean Aaron Jones, 40% Alan Lazard. That's that's awesome that you said uh, Aaron Jones too, because I was just looking up his stats. So I think you make a good point about everything you said there. I would probably lean toward Alan Lazard in a tight one over Aaron Jones. But if you look at Aaron Jones, I pulled up his stats. Here are his last three years receiving, 49 catches, 47 and 52. So you start thinking, okay, they've obviously gotten in him into like, the usage they want him. And those are pretty consistent numbers. I don't know how much that can improve. Um, And then that my dark horse would be KJ. Tell me what you think about Robert Tunyon, because you talk about that familiarity that Rogers has. I think he had great chemistry with Robert Tunyon before Tunyon's injury. What kind of an impact do you think uh, the tight end could have? I'm worried, man. You know, I I think there's a lot of upside there, but I just don't really see what everyone else is seeing in the tight end room, you know, and, and, 
I could be wrong. I'm the first to admit uh, when I'm wrong. I'm the first to admit I'll, I'll give credit where credit's due. But right now I'm looking at the tight end room. You got a guy coming off a torn ACL, you know, who's kind of like a one-year wonder who had a superstar MVP quarterback throwing him those balls. So it's like, is that Tunyon? Is that Rodgers? I don't know, but I have a gut feeling. Yeah. Um, the thing I do like about Tanyan is the fact that he was a college quarterback, so he can just analyze that defense and just understand things in a way that, frankly, just like normal pass catchers can't. Um, but then I see a guy like Mercedes Big Dog Lewis. You know, he's like 37, 38. Like, you know, he's, he's, he's got a guy who's bringing like the intangibles just like Randall Cobb and stuff like that. So he's got tremendous value on this team. But on-field production, I mean, he pretty much helped us lose that playoff game so it's just you know and then it's like who else do you really have beyond those guys like i i'm really skeptical about the tight end position i think there's tremendous upside there Mm -hmm. and i'm hoping that i'll be pleasantly surprised with just the results from the position like if if robert tunyon can come back and throw up a thousand yards and double digit tds man i'll be doing jumping jacks we'll be giving away a tunyon jersey on ike packers like we'll, we'll be celebrating somehow but i just don't see it happening um I think the Packers are even, even, it's so interesting. This has been a topic of discussion on Ike Packers a lot lately is the Packers have the talent and in, in roster makeup to be a running identity team, right? We had a strong offensive line last year. Our offensive line coach got promoted to OC. You know, we've got depth. We've got reinforcements coming in Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins. Um, and, and we've got these two really talented complementary running backs, a speed back and a power back. It's like, and not only that, but we have a quarterback who's a threat to pass. So it's like they can't exactly stack the box on you. So it's like all these perfect storm things are like brewing into the Packers, like running the ball more than they pass it. But there's the simple fact that our identity and who we are as football players and as a team is a passing team. So it's like I think that's going to be fascinating to watch. Like logic would say the pack should run more this year. Cause that's yeah. where our strengths lie. Play to your strengths, mm-hmm. but just pure, like who you are, right. We're a passing team. And uh, I just don't know, man. I mean, the tight end position, I like we were thrown out on, on like Packers earlier in the, in the off season. Um, some people thought this was a little unrealistic, but uh, it was like, would you trade a first round pick for Kyle Pitts in Atlanta? Because Atlanta is going to be, you know, near the top of the draft. They don't need a tight end to, mm-hmm. to get a top draft pick. You know, they, they could like keep a talented tight end on their roster. And certainly Kyle Pitts is very talented, but it's like, would they rather lose 13 games with a good tight end or would they let, rather lose, you know, 14 games with another pick, you know, and, and their, mm-hmm. another first round pick in their rebuild. So it's like, we we've kind of been identifying that tight end room is, is a, you know, an area where the pack do need to do some work. I was really hoping they grab Jake Ferguson, but we have what we have. Um, Luckily, there is familiarity. It's just, can these guys get it done? We'll see. We'll Man, see. Yeah, it'll be interesting if they become more of a run-first type of team, if that starts to become their identity. Because, KJ, the defense, you mentioned the defense earlier. If the defense is what many hope it can be this season, perhaps they do try to manage that clock a little bit more and, and run that ball a little bit more. The defense, I thought they looked great. In the playoff loss at certain times against the 49ers, right? I think they only gave up, what, 10 points or whatever? They didn't lose um, the game. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. So can that momentum carry into 2022? And what type of a defense are the Packers going to have on the field Sunday and the rest of the year? 
Man, I think just to borrow a Drake line, top five, top five, top five. I think we're going to be top five okay. uh, realistic. I think upside is probably top two. And I think downside is probably top 10 or top okay. 12. I yep. think realistically we're going to be hovering around that, you know, probably four to eight range. I mean, you look at every single level of the squad, like defensive line, you got big Kenny C in the trenches. You finally got him some help with Jerron Reed, but then – you bring in a, a, a big boy out of Georgia, Devontae Wyatt. You got you go behind him. You bring back the unbelievable spark plug key to the team, in my opinion, Devontae Campbell. Like, that is a huge move to bring him back. You know, if they bring back Devontae, they can't bring back Devontae. Uh, so so that was important in my, in my, in my eyes. But then you complement him with a sideline-to-sideline side linebacker in Quay Walker, and you got Chris Barnes just adding depth out there. Well, then you look to the secondary, you have two really talented safeties. Adrian Amos improves every single year. Darnell Savage, I think, catches some flack, but he's really talented and he's primed for a breakout. You look at his physical attributes, like there's no reason playing with other talented players around him why he can't be the beneficiary of just some some breaks or whatever. Uh, the cornerbacks, I mean, like every single roster in the league would be envious of our cornerbacks. And just all in tandem, you know, I think like little intangibles bring the squad up even further. Like guys mm-hmm. like Devondre Campbell wanting to prove that he's not a one-year wonder guys like Quay Walker and Devonte Wyatt winning championships last year. So they're like, Hey, we didn't just get into the participation playoff. Like, like Michigan did. We beat Michigan and then we beat Alabama. Like that counts for, for something. You know, it's cool. To, it's cool to make the NFC championship. It's cool to make the Super Bowl. But it's going to be devastating unless we win one, and those guys have proven they can do it. Not only that, but Christian Watson came in. He, he won a D2 championship. So it's like that's another champion you're bringing to the roster. Um, you know, I think the combination, you made a great point about the running back, uh, the running game almost helping the defense. I absolutely agree with you there. Um, but honestly, man, like where are the holes in the defense? Yeah. Now, I, I'm not sure. You know, some some people would point uh, to Z- Zadarius Smith. I don't think a lot of Packers fans will. I think oh, I forgot to mention the pass rushers. Yeah. Yeah. Don't forget about that. How much will they miss perhaps like a Zadarius Smith? And by the way, what'd you make of the comments about, uh, you know, people not talking to him in Green Bay after the back surgery? How much is that is real? And how much do you think that is just hype for week one? You know, man, I, I really don't even get bothered with that. You know, just. <laughs> bigger stuff bigger fish to fry Packers have bigger fish to fry Vikings have bigger fish to fry Ike Packers has bigger fish to fry John Arias has bigger fish to fry that's just clickbait (laughs) you know it's like you know you can you can write a story on that you can get upset about it like are we going to beat the Vikings week one I think we will Mm -hmm. are we going to be a better team than them I think we will be are we going to be further in the playoffs with them I think we will be do we have a better outlook than them? I think we will be. You know, it's like there's a lot of reasons for him to be salty. I think something that really stood out to me was last year when he didn't get voted a captain and he responded in a very petty way of getting a captain iced out, like chain, you know, diamond chain and the captain's symbol. And like posting that, it's like, dude, you know, like, is this the way a leader conducts himself? In my opinion, no. And I think a lot of other leaders out there would say, that's not how a leader conducts themselves. I think a lot of the younger teammates who didn't get a 60 some million dollar deal who can't afford the same drip and the same ice as Zedarius Smith, when he is upset, he wasn't voted captain. I'm sure they're like, what the heck is this guy's deal? Is he know, fortunate he has just got get paid 60 some million. <laughs> yeah. And so it's like, you know, I don't know, man. Yeah. He kind of, the, the crack started showing last year and, and sure enough, he wasn't voted a captain, you know, sure enough. Now he's, 
he's gone uh, more out of spite, which I'm not saying there's like nothing to that. I, Cause I do believe in like spite being an amazing motivator. Um, I think part of the reason that Ike Packers has grown so big is just because there's been a lot of people who wanted to see us fail and yeah. we just overcome all that. But it happens across the board in, in sports and in life, you know, like look at a guy like Tom Brady, you know, he's like, I'm going to go win another Super Bowl on a different team. What are the haters going to say then? I mean, they still grasp at straws for something, but like, if you're still hating on Tom Brady, man, I mean, you get, like someone's got to find a better hobby, but Zadarius Smith, like if you're hating on the Packers, I, you just got to find a better hobby. And, and, yeah. and guess what it does? It, it draws clicks. And that's what a lot of these people get a paycheck off of. So yeah. I don't know for me, it's just noise. Just noise. Now you mentioned Tom Brady, which got me thinking about the schedule. And I agree with you for the most part. I'm always going, as long as number 12 is under center for the Packers, I'm going to pick them to win the division. Even if I think the bears, the Vikings or Lions actually have a good team this year, but you know, at the start of the season, KJ, it's impossible to tell who the surprise teams will be um, before the start of every year. But I think in my opinion, NFL tradition would lead you to assume that when you look at the Packers schedule with the first four games, of the year that that could help set the tone for the season. I was listening to the Ike Packers podcast, uh, your latest episode, you guys made, you went through the entire schedule and picked wins and losses. I'm not asking for that, but I'm asking for the first four games. Do you think that sets the tone for the rest of the season? And you got two against the NFC North, then it's Brady and the Bucks, then Belichick's Patriots, which by the way, finished just a game back of the bills last season in the division standings. So what do you see when you see the first four games of the schedule? First four games, great question. I think three and one. I think we're either going to drop week three or week four. You know, I mean, it's the same thing for me. Like, anyone who hates on Tom Brady or who hates on Bill Belichick as if, like, they're not very, very advanced at this in both, like, a mindset and a talent perspective, it's just just puzzling to me. You know, it's it's someone who I don't really – think has a lot of credibility. Um, so it's like, for me, at least where I'm looking, where I'm sitting and I know where Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers are sitting, they're not overlooking Bill Belichick and the Patriots. Like they're not overlooking Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. You know, maybe they're, maybe they'd overlook the bears and the Vikings, but they are not going to overlook the Patriots and the Buccaneers. So I think we're going to split one of those games. I think one of those games are going to take an L. Uh, but I, I, like you said, um, setting the tone, I do believe in, in the tone, uh, being set from the outset, you know, not not as important as as in college football, where every single loss is almost an elimination, um, but just like ha- habits, right? Like it's not about winning thirteen games and making the playoffs and getting to the NFC Championship game. Like it's about doing the little, 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 little details, the fine details that will get us beyond that NFC Championship and get us to the Super Bowl and help us win that Super Bowl. So it's like if you if you really just you know like open up a clear view and and look at exactly what is necessary to win a championship, a Super Bowl. It starts with every single week in the way you prepare, the way you take your opponents seriously, all of that. So I think it's huge. I think the Packers aren't going to have too much trouble with the Bears and Vikings. You know, it's division, so they might not be the the most easy on the eyes games. Like maybe they're a little more ugly games than, than something else in the schedule. Yeah. But I do think the Packers will, will get wins over their division. Um, Honestly, it's a maybe a topic for a different day, but I think the Vikings they got to detonate it soon just because all their cap, you know, issues. Like, it's almost like the, the Atlanta Falcons uh, scenario, right? It's like, you know, would you rather win nine, eight or nine, seven, eight or nine games a year and have Justin Jefferson, or or would you rather win, you know, seven, eight or nine games and have like two or three more first round picks for your rebuild? You know, like I think eventually they're gonna have to hit detonate on Kirk Cousins. 
I can't imagine Justin Jefferson being there long term. I think he'll he'll they'll probably sign him to like a record breaking uh, top of market deal, but like then I think a year later he'll be like demanding a trade or something. Mm-hmm. It's just like I, I mean they're kind of like patching up the Hoover Dam with like you know trying to plug a hole with a with a piece of bubblegum right now. Uh, but yeah, I just I guess just to wrap it all, bring it all back home. You know, pack three and one. Uh, that's how I envision it shaking out after the first four games. Yeah, and so obviously then you have them winning against the Vikings on Sunday. And this is why I think, tell me what you think of this, KJ, why that defense I think needs to be right out the box week one good because I feel like this game, I think the Packers win the division. I think the Packers beat the Vikings on Sunday. But I'll tell you what, man, the Vikings have some really good weapons. So if that Packers defense at all falters early in the season, early in the game, well, now you're relying on number 12 to make stars out of if Alan Lazard goes or whomever he's throwing to. Like now you're relying on that offense to to pick up where they left out without Devontae. So I guess my my point is if that defense doesn't show up, we could see perhaps, you know, early on in the season what what or who Aaron Rodgers wants to go to offensively. Um, but I do think the Packers win this game. And and obviously you think the, the Packers win this game as well with the three and one start. Um, so what kind of game do you anticipate on Sunday then? That's a good question. I forgot what I threw out there for, if we threw a score out there for like Packers. <laughs> Don't but, worry. I forget about stuff. I say yeah, all the time, you know, yeah. I mean, I, something like, I think we'll give up anywhere from like seven to 17 points. And I think, I think it was like 20 something to 16. If I remember. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's a, yeah. You know, I think the, the the defense will hold the Vikings like one TD. You know, I think yeah. probably Justin Jefferson is going to get one. And I think that they're going to get like three field goals. Because like, how could you score all those touchdowns on our defense? I mean, I'd be shocked if they do. But maybe I'm just buying the hype. Right. Uh, yeah, you know, and I think the Packers are going to have a little bit of an ugly offensive showing week one just because everyone's shaking off the rust. You know what I mean? Last yeah. year, Rodgers showed up on the last day of class seemingly and you know, still got an A, still aced the test, still got the MVP, didn't really play any preseason, looked really rough week one. Um, <laughs> took a little heat for that, but then he's like, you know, talk about going back to the spite thing earlier. He was probably pissed off at just the way that people were dragging on him after not playing the preseason and then having a bad week one. So, so like, Rodgers is the kind of guy who can use spite to motivate him. Uh, some people can, some people can't. But, but yeah, I think it's going to be uh, – defense is going to get us through this game. It wouldn't surprise me if it's it's a lot less close than this, but I think the NFL is competitive, and I think the Vikings are, you know, they do have a great offense. Like you said, they got they have, uh, you know, Kirk Cousins, Steelin, um, you know, Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook. Uh, I, I don't know if I'm forgetting anyone big in there, but you know, just a lot of weapons that if they were on the Packers, I mean, it would look great, but. Yeah, I just I just don't think um, you know if it was that easy, right? If it was it was so easy where the team with the best receivers every year won the Super Bowl, then it just we'd be looking at a totally different uh, set of legacies right. throughout the sport. So I, I think receivers are sexy, but they're not necessarily what's going to get the job done. I think it's going to be defense and quarterback, and we have advantages in both those areas. I was going to say, and it, it all comes down to Kirk Cousins having to deliver those passes to said wide receivers, and um, we'll see how that works for Minnesota. So. Um, so tell me the story about the Ike podcast network, Ike Packers podcast. How did this get started? How long have you been doing this with Alex, your brother? Correct. Yes. How long long have you guys been at this? Tell me the story of this. Yeah. So, so I, I haven't really told the story in a while, um, cause it's so long, but I guess the shortened version is, yeah, I was sitting on my couch in 2014 and I was 
watching like first take and it was skip and Stephen a in the golden era first take right they're talking about the donald sterling saga with the clippers they're talking about oscar pistorius trials and the olympics and i was basically just sitting there like a million other people out there thinking i could do this you know i i feel like i could do this and and, and the and not only that but it's like why are there so many politics in this first take show you know like i don't care about oscar pistorius trials like and and really you know i hope this isn't edgy but i really don't care about the whole donald sterling saga either you know i think it's just something that we're here for sports i think anyone who's honest would tell you that and so that was the original mission statement behind ike that we continue to live by and see success with to this day is pure sports without the politics when you come here you're going to be in a place where every opinion is welcome you can say your take, you can agree, you can disagree, you can banter, comment, share, retweet. There's a ton of engagement. There's a ton of passionate people. But really, it's a place that is pure sports without the politics. So I decided to start a small sports blog. You know, I was like, hey, friends, fam, stay tuned. And I started thinking, I was like, I might as well make this a whole website. So we had our first venture. It was called IkeSportReport.com. Built a website. I wanted to model it after Apple and Tesla. Uh, because it was it was not just about creating a blog, it was about creating a brand. I was thinking, how can I, you know, be successful doing what I love, earning money at the same time, and being happy? And it all came back to brand. I was looking at examples like Drake and Taylor Swift being at the top of their industries in the music industry, for example, making maybe something like fifty million a year. And I was looking at a company like Apple making, you know, fifty billion a quarter. And it's just for me that was like the light bulb that went off. Said, hey, so somehow, some way, you gotta. You got to try and create a brand. And so that's how we settled on Ike. We In our first endeavor was IkeSportReport.com, which yeah. we modeled after some of the best brands I know, you know, Apple, Mercedes, Tesla, really clean look, white, you know, black, uh, kind of similar to Apple, similar to Tesla's look. And we, and we had a really strong emphasis on like the visuals and the quality of the writing. So we had this great content, that is great content. And the problem was we didn't really have an audience. So we we're putting the card to the head of the horse or maybe getting like, 50, 60, 100, 150 hits for an article. And, you know, we just didn't have the audience that would really move the needle because we're kind of sharing it to our personal social medias. But that's when we discovered that sports lived on Twitter. So we started with Ike Sport Report, built that up to a few thousand followers, kind of doing like an ESPN type thing where we covered everything. But the greatest blessing in disguise for us was we diversified into Ike Bucks, Ike Packers, Ike Badgers and Ike Brewers. And so essentially we had these verticals where instead of trying to cover the entire world of sports, um, you know, whether that's LeBron James, whether that's cricket, whether that's the WNBA, whether that's esports, you know, various things that we don't have as much interest in mm-hmm. and other people don't either. You know, it, it's like we were able to kind of find our niche. And, and so we built these huge, 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 passionate uh, followings on these Twitter accounts. He's almost like verticals, you might say. And uh, I think the bread and butter from that was just like, one, being curious about the politics, but two, our live tweeting, you know, our the aesthetic look to our content, the, the professionalism, we, we never engage with, we never get in the weeds, you know, better stuff to do. Like, we're not here to, to argue with someone who's not willing to have a, a cordial conversation, that kind of thing. That's And then we, we, we said, how can we make this an actual business, right? Like how can we take this a step further? And so we're seeing all these comps come out. We're seeing Joe Rogan experience getting a hundred million dollar deal with Spotify. We're seeing 
call her daddy getting a $60 million deal with Spotify. We're seeing the Ringer Sports Network get sold to Spotify for 250 mil. So I was like, we have to turn this in this sports network we have into a podcast network. And what's interesting about Alex and myself, my partner, my brother, is that we've actually had a, an audio engineering background that goes back over 10 years, where we used to grow up playing in bands, playing instruments, playing pianos, uh, disagreeing with bandmates over which songs we would want to play, which ultimately led us to producing music ourselves with programs such as Logic and Pro Tools, making songs, putting stuff on Spotify, Apple Music, check out Ike Space Music, Ike Music. You can see all our catalog. We just put a song with Pat Connington featured on it. Oh, um, okay. but, but really... That was before podcasting was even a thing. So we kind of were building out these audio skills uh, before it even had a, you know, like a, like a monetary use or even like a practical use. Mm -hmm. And then this podcasting wave came and it happened to be, Ike happened to be positioned perfectly. You know, we, we were able to migrate a huge portion of our audience on Twitter, which is about 100,000, 110,000 people um, over to our podcast network. We've got more five-star reviews than any other Packers podcast. Our Badgers won more than any other Badgers. Brewers more than Brewers. Bucks more than Bucks. Um, you know, we're, we're a smaller shop. We're authentic. We don't have any overlords telling us what we can or can't say. And I think people really resonate with that. Um, and then last year, we ended up charting number six in the world for all sports podcasts. So it, it's super cool. The Twitter accounts are going crazy. Uh, reaching over like a hundred million people organically. And we're just funneling that into a little bit of smaller funnel into the podcast. So we're just getting some exciting growth there um, and really just kind of doing what we love um, while also serving the Wisconsin sports community by providing just a true narrative. You know, there's a lot of narratives that serve other interests, whether they be political, whether they be financial and we're just passionate about the sports. We're not passionate about participating. We're passionate about winning some championships. So the Bucks getting that championship, that mm -hmm. was super closure for us. For us, That was really exciting. Uh, but the Packers, you know, like we didn't come this far to come this far. We got to finish the job there. I know the Wisconsin teams, uh, you know, Wisconsin basketball, we're, we, we've come under a little heat at certain points because we demand excellence with them as well. After coming, uh, you know, Final Four, National Championship runner-up, a lot of people would argue that, you know, Badgers should have won that game versus Duke. Um, but really, the standard remains high. And, and, and a lot of the players on the football team who, who we'll have on the Ike Badgers podcast, they they gravitate towards that. You know, the Bucks, no one expected anything. They won a championship. It's absolutely possible. The Brewers are going, you know, a little bit down on their luck right now. But the standard remains a World Series with them. And uh, especially with the Packers, you know, so I think if people want to come and, and come to Ike, they're going to get pure sports without the politics. They're going to get a championship standard. They're going to get you know, basically just unbiased, unfiltered content. And uh, well, at the same time, being a, a place where everyone can come in and converse. So, so it's just, it's been special, man. You know, it's uh, I think if I were to, I'm 28 right now, if I were to go back to my 18 year old self and say, Hey, you're going to be doing this, this, and this in 10 years, I'd be like, what? Like, <laughs> you know, I think I'd be pinching myself, but it's, it's, you know, there's always bigger mountains and stuff like that. And, and I, and it, it, I think what's really cool just to bring it all home is like, it doesn't matter um to me who it is like even right now we just kind of met and and it's like it's so genuine and natural just to like talk sports and just right. like hear a stranger's perspective like you know and and it's just there is like enjoyment behind everything we do and i think that uh is exemplifying the quality as well so just extremely blessed extremely fortunate it's been years and years of hard work the hard work never stops but 
Um, you know, if we can do it, anyone can do it. And I just encourage anyone out there to just keep chasing your dreams and, and just don't give up. You know, there's a lot of people pulling for you. There's a lot of positive energy. Be focused. You know, don't let other people tell you what you can and can't do. You can do it. So, um, yeah, just just it, it's interesting because I, I never really tell the story. But when I do, I, I get to reflect and it's just really special, man. Yeah, no, it, it, it sounds that way for sure. A couple of things. The Duke-Wisconsin uh, game. I will blame not Wisconsin, but Coach K talking to the officials at halftime for that one. So I'll just check that off. It's valid. Um, <laughs> but we, we got to win an NCAA tournament game, though. You know, when we put the pressure on guard to win a game, that shouldn't be too egregious. You got to be, be winning a game in the tournament and maybe even get back to the Sweet 16. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Um, so how did – I have a question as we wrap things up here. You talked about this audience you had on Twitter, this sports audience, and then you bring it over to the podcast side. How were you able to convert that, make that transition? Was it simply because of the content and your your kind of mission behind your content that you think was made that successful? Or, or how were you able to, to move those people and get them to the podcast? I mean, that's one of the, like the, it's one of the hardest things out there, right? You know, yeah. and, and I think you know, still probably like, you know, we have a long way to go in terms of migrating all that audience, right? I think podcasting is very new, but that's basically one of the things that Alex and I help businesses and clients with is growing their podcast. You know, that's essentially some of our secret sauce is, is what, like one of the ways we make a living is helping people, you know, with their podcast and growing their podcast and helping, you know, our podcast chart, like clients podcast chart, but, but there is a formula. We've kind of got this, uh, you know, process that we're able to apply across the board and it's difficult, but we've been able to do it with Ike and um, we still feel like there's a lot of conversions still left to be done. Um, but I would say like, man, that's a great question just because there is very few harder tasks in, in the tasks of media than, than getting people to convert to your long form content. So um, I, it's definitely not an easy thing to do. Uh, it, it's an extensive process that anybody can do, but very few people I think are willing to, to just put in the, the trench work and stuff like that. But, you know, if you're interested about that, um, you know, we can, we can maybe talk offline uh, or anyone can, can send us an inquiry through ikepodcastnetwork.com. Um, yeah. We'd be happy to, to carry the conversation further, but that is part of our secret sauce. Cool. All right. Um, and just finally, I like that. I like that you can go. I liked that Your idea was to stay away from all like, the the narratives the drama the conflict that that normal sports talk has was doing and still is doing to this day because i think there is a um that gets old after a while as a as a fan i look at that content and i say okay i know what they're doing this guy's gonna say this and they thought about how to make this a controversy and they're gonna talk about this for five minutes and I know their formula and it gets old because I know I feel like I'm hearing inauthentic views. So I'm so glad that your mission was to just talk sports, not forget the drama, forget the conflict, forget the politics. Let's talk about the games, which is the one thing when I got into broadcasting, KJ, I didn't I didn't get into broadcasting thinking, oh, cool. Now I get to talk about all these off the field issues, all these political issues. I was, I was the furthest thing from politics ever. I got into sports because I wanted to talk about the game, the catch, the greatest of all time, things of that nature. And it's refreshing that that that, that still <laughs> exists and not everybody jumps on the same formula train. 
there is a market out there for every single category of people who want to abide by that. It doesn't matter if it's tech, business, sports, recreation, family stuff. There's certain people who just want the topic. You know, they don't want all the extra baggage. They don't want other people's problems heaped onto their plate in the time of escape or heaped into their thoughts. It's tough, man. You know, it's just we're trying to be a uh, a refuge for people just to enjoy themselves, you know, and uh, it's it's a great umbrella that everyone's able to come under and just enjoy themselves, you know, and yeah, you know, I, I, uh, I don't envision anything changing that, you know, I don't, yeah. I don't envision that's ever compromising on that. You know, it's, it's, that's the reason we got into it. I think that you and me, once again, we just met, we can relate thoroughly on that, you know, just, and, and so can tons of other people out there. Like that's something yeah. where I don't even have to really dig in too much deeper. I'm like, I can relate to him when he says that, you know? And uh, yeah. yeah, you know, I think it's just kind of putting out positivity, right? And uh, yeah. Yeah. So, so I studied marketing and, and I know how like the click funnel, the, the clicks are driving the algorithms. And, and it's like really the underlying problem is everything's driven by clicks and people want to get more clicks. So there's certain things that we could theoretically go into, but we kind of purposely avoid um, just because it's, it's like a reputation sake, right? Like, okay, if I tweet about said Aaron Rodgers controversial storyline last year, you know, that everyone else seemed to be tweeting about, I could easily do numbers, but it's like Ike Packers is already doing numbers and people don't want to hear about that. He's their favorite quarterback, you know? And it's like, so um, it's just kind of bringing the things that we like about sports, like not even bringing the negativity and just like, you know, life goes on. If you're, if a lot of people are in the same room with Aaron Rodgers or, or even their neighbors or anyone, they'd, they'd probably have a great conversation with them. And uh, you know, just trying to, to, to keep those, that fun, keep that fun in Twitter, keep the, the fun in sports, keep the fun in Packers and winning a championship and having an unbelievable quarterback and, and all the things that stem from that. It's just so much fun to be had. Uh, sports, sports are a place for fun and enjoyment. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've added the Ike Packers podcast. You can add uh, that to your podcast repertoire. Uh, you can follow them on Twitter at IKE underscore Packers. And it's not just the Packers network. You've got the Badgers, the Brewers, the Bucks, like you were saying. There's a whole podcast network where, where you, the Wisconsin sports fan, can get your sports content. KJ, I appreciate you talking a little bit about uh, uh, Ike and and uh, previewing the Packers season and the game on Sunday against Minnesota. Thanks for taking some time. Yeah, thanks so much, John. Everybody go make sure to check out all John's stuff. You know, I thought he was a great host. And, uh, yeah, man, keep the lines open, and let's go win us a Super Bowl. All right, there you go. Thank you. That is KJ Eichstead of the Ike Packers podcast with me here on the John Cast Podcast. Reminders, me and Julio and Fitchburg, check them out. they got the great margaritas. They've got the great monthly food specials. Uh, also, Ian's Pizza. They're hiring delivery drivers, guaranteed $20 per hour at Ian's, and go try a slice or two of Ian's Pizza. Also, shout out to AJ. He got our grand prize of the college football and the college volleyball tickets this past weekend and the year's worth of Ian's Pizza. So he had a blast, I'm sure, as well. Thank you to AJ for participating. And, yeah, go drop in a review. Go drop in a review on whatever platform you're listening to this podcast on. It's much appreciated. And if you want the newsletter without the spam, johncastpodcast.com is the place to go. All right. Thanks for listening to this edition of the John Cast Podcast. Goodbye.